Welcome, welcome, welcome to the End Times Continue, recording on this the 19th of uh, November, and uh, it's it's election day in Argentina. Yes. The election yes, has happened, and a, a yep. self-described... I'm sorry, hold on, I'm going right into the story. You are. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Ace. <laughs> and I'm Dino. Sorry about that. Yes. Um, yeah, election day in Argentina. Um, yeah. A self-described, uh, self-described, I'm not sure if he actually is, but self-described anarcho-capitalist won a fucking election. Yeah, he's the, he's the president of Argentina now, <laughs> president-elect, I guess. But yeah, he's going to be the president of Argentina. Uh, that is, that is wild. He's a cosplayer. Yes, he dresses like, he dresses up like superheroes. Um, yeah, like he, he has an ANCAP OC uh, original character that he dresses up as. Uh, in like the ant cap uh, um, colors regalia, and uh, yeah. yeah, I love it. <laughs> Jackalope's Jackalope's tweet is great. Is was great where he said uh, uh, Jackalope writer on 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 Twitter had said um, uh, he just posted a uh, he retweeted the news about it and he said uh, autism is now legal in Argentina. <laughs> yeah, finally after all all this time <laughs> of my people being oppressed no longer. <laughs> <laughs> man uh, it's huge it really is huge news it is yeah no it, it's it's a big moment you know and uh, look i i'm sure like if we like like went through and cherry picked we'd find things we didn't like about them uh but 100%. i don't think anyone can deny uh that hey this is a pretty cool moment you know now the, uh, of course i i don't mean to like you know poo poo on the news too much but of course you know this could go very badly if if one of two things happens or both if one he turns out to be really bad, uh, and then he his name is the he describes his own, himself as an yes. ANCAP and synonymous. Like, well, ANCAP yeah, synonymous uh, yeah. with market yeah. anarchism. Or, it, yeah, or you know, as often happens, uh, sometimes in order if he's if he's going to implement policies that fix an economy, oftentimes in the process of fixing the economy, bad things happen first. Uh, you know, sort of like yes, you get, yeah, an it's, it's, you there's a, there tends uh, to be short term pain. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think another a big, you know, scary problem might be that yeah, some people might because people are very bad past first order effects. They might immediately see oh, you know, short term pain. Oh my god, guy in charge, bad, right? Yes, uh, which is often the case, but not always. Uh, yes. Um, but so yeah, you know, the, I am I am very much concerned about those very same things. I don't I don't think it's yeah. I don't think it's unreasonable to bring up those concerns at all. Yeah, yeah, and that's not to take away that. Hey, this is pretty cool, you know. So you know, I, I think I think the ant caps taking a victory lap is not unwarranted. Uh, you know, it's, it's yes. like, yeah, go for it. <laughs> I, I had said on the episode where we actually spoke about him after he had done his Tucker interview, I had said yeah. um, that I think this kind of candidate is very electable if your electorate is desperate enough. If if your if your oh, economic yes. conditions are bad enough, um, yeah. especially when you've had a sort of uh, socialist um, uh, or democratic socialist, whatever you want to call it, 
uh, when you've had that kind of leadership for so long, and it hasn't worked out, and your economy is a shambles, this kind of guy can absolutely be elected under those circumstances. Um, And I, I feel much more confident in that assumption now. Yeah. Oh, 100%. I do not think he could have won in America, right? I do not think. No, we're still too comfortable. It's still too good here. Yeah, I think think capitalism is too good at what it does. Uh, And, you know, that's not a knock against it. That's just saying that it allows people to be very comfortable in situations where they otherwise wouldn't be uh in like uh, you know what i mean you Whereas, have to like, even though yes free market it's still even in a completely regulated environment regulated to hell capitalism still produces the market will still route around yes yeah. there is still in like yeah so it, it's one of those things and look that's not a knock against it i'm not mad that people have a more comfortable uh, living life no, standard as compared to socialism, obviously. That's good, but it comes with the, the drawback of people are less likely to uh, want to rock the boat in ways I think it should be rocked, obviously, because yes. you know, if you're comfortable, it's like, well, why would I trade this for the devil I don't know? Yes, you really have to... That is that is a really good point. Markets are resilient enough that you really have to fuck it up before people get this desperate. Um, yeah. And and I think that's you know and I think you're right. It's too it's too it's a great um it is a it's it that is great praise for markets and yeah, it's, not, yeah. not always so state. great in terms of political outcomes. The market is so great that the state itself, one of the worst institutions ever, uh, can like also hide behind its effects right yes, can also yes. be shielded by its effects uh and that's you know that again is i said it's not a knock against markets it's just a side effect um so yeah yeah but it's uh, i i too am concerned about those two exact things i'm i am concerned about the short term pain aspect frankly i'm more concerned that he ends up being um that he ends up being bad I'm more concerned yeah. that he ends up not actually liking freedom as much as he claims to. Right, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm very uh, concerned about that possible outcome. That that really yeah. does bother me, because when you have, if something like that happens, now you have this idea of market anarchism as a cover for some kind of what people will certainly paint exactly. as fascism, whether it fits the bill or not. Um, right, exactly. Yeah. And that that would be a bad thing. He really needs to be as he needs to govern in as philosophically consistent a way with anarchism as he possibly can. Because if he doesn't, it's going to go very poorly for market anarchists, especially globally. It, it would be really, really, really oh, bad. Yeah, because then people can say, "Oh, look, we tried and capism, anarcho capitalism in Argentina, and look how bad that turned out." Right? Yes, so exactly. It, it's one of those things, right? And it's like, I, I, because again, it, it sounds like we're like, you know, uh, critiquing it. It's just a concern. It's just concern that I think you know uh, you should be aware of. Uh, but look, it could also turn out great. Like, you could be awesome. Yeah, <laughs> you know? I'm not. I'm not saying yeah. the dude's a bad guy. It's just one of those things yeah. that, like, it's. And here's the thing: that's healthy. He's still. He still mm-hmm. ran and has now accomplished a seat in political office. At that point, yep. he's now a politician, which means he is deserving of all of the same yes. microscopic investigation and critique that we would give any politician. Yeah, and uh, and to be fair, to his credit, um, the guy's a cost. The guy is uh, a little bit insane. 
Uh, he's also oh, yeah, a cosplayer, but it's glorious. So he's committed. So he's committed to the bit. So I think he probably uh, may, you know, might be a true believer. Yes, uh, truthfully, in, in so yes, you he know, very well uh, maybe. Yeah, you need to be a little bit insane. I think in order to be able to go all the way with like market anarchy, you have to be a little bit unhinged. And what I mean by that is willing to uh, stay philosophically consistent, even when everyone re- like around you regards the outcome is like either bad or not great. Yeah. Uh, you know, you have to have that level of like uh, tenacity to yes. be like, yes, no, this is the right and you're all wrong. And this is what we're going to do. Well, here's the thing. Here's how you know he has that kind of tenacity to him. <laughs> This is how you know yeah. this man is made of stone, as far as his principles mm-hmm. are concerned. He has not fixed his fucking haircut. The entire right, exactly. campaign, he's had this terrible goddamn haircut. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, 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 it's the populist superpower. It, it's how you look. I'm happy. You I, have to I, look I think like... I think I think you have to my, look my... like a '90s anime supervillain yes, exactly. to be a successful populist. It's just it's how it happens. You have to have works. the hair of a JoJo character. Yes. <laughs> um, I do. I do feel vindicated in my view that a guy like this can win in desperate economic times. I do. I do think that's. I, I do feel somewhat vindicated yeah. because if he hadn't won, I'd be sitting here thinking like, Jesus, what is the, what does it take? Well, now we know what it takes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, yeah, that's the thing, all right, is that uh, it's like the meme with the kid at the two crossroads when you're like uh, in socialist hell. It's like, hmm, freedom or fascism? It's one yeah. of the two exactly. <laughs> that you're going to be faced with. Um, that's exactly right. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see how it goes. I really, really do hope. Uh, look, this is the only thing that he's doing that I think is probably a bad idea is that he is so in on the petrodollar, and I'm not necessarily saying that would be a bad policy position at any other time, but I think he's super in on the petrodollar in the waning days of the petrodollar. So I'm sure from, like, it's it's better for, like, compared to what Argentina had before, I'm sure it's still an improvement. But, man, if you're, like, a a libertarian, why are you not like, yeah, we're going to have Bitcoin? We're, you right. know what I mean? Like, like why not just do something else? That? Yeah, just try to yeah. try to actually decouple from the the global banking system would be then, the better choice. And like maybe this is his way of saying um, we're not going to be backwards anymore. We're not going to like inflict mortal wounds on ourselves through socialism. We're going sure. to join the rest of the world in economic liberalism. And I think that is probably a good message. From the perspective of where, you know, um, from where Argentina is now. Do you know what yes. I mean? I think that is probably, uh, whereas if he, maybe if he tried to sell Bitcoin, he'd have to, you know, he'd have to uh, put more of a case up for why, you know what I mean? That sort yeah. of thing. But, so maybe he'll do that once he's already in and he doesn't have to make justifications anymore. Do you sure. know what I mean? Sure. Uh, or, yeah, uh, that's that's kind of like my... Yeah, I agree with you. But that, that that is my only concern is that he's so in on the petrodollar. And Argentina was on the docket to join BRICS next year mm-hmm. in January. Yeah. And uh, supposedly that's not happening anymore. If he's if he has his way, I don't think that I don't think Argentina joins the BRICS. I, I, I don't think that happens at all if he if he gets what he wants. Yeah, um, supposedly he doesn't have. I, I, I can't confirm this myself, but supposedly he doesn't have great foreign policy uh, either, which is disappointing. Uh, he's very like 
uh, Zionist, I guess, from what I understand. But I've I seen that really, critique, but I, I don't, don't know really what it care. means. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what it means. I also kind of don't care what a, I, I, the, the, the politicians I care about when they talk about foreign policy are like the UK and the United States, yeah. uh, and, you know, and Israel, the, the people who usually get involved the most, uh, in, in well, and the affairs. people who drag uh, countries like Argentina along with yes. them. I mean, that's the right. problem. Right. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. I, the, the, the reason that I'm hesitant on the Zionist thing is because Oh, the people who I see really critiquing him as a Zionist, uh, the are source, they the trad right wing types? Yeah, like, the oh, sources uh, of the information I'm not sure are, are totally honest with what they mean by Zionist. Does that make sense? Are, these, are, uh, uh, are they the types that they'll see like Talmudist in a bio and go like, "Oh, I found." Him. Feels that way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's why I'm hesitant. Is because I'm not. I truly don't have a problem with a guy who says, "Look," because he has said things. He has a rabbi apparently who he treats as kind of a spiritual advisor, and um, he oh, okay. he professes to be oh, Catholic. So I see. So I, I see. So I, my my if this is if that what you're like if that's accurate, I think what what so these types are probably like think he's too Jewish. Not that he's pro-Israel, but he's too Jewish. It feels that way. Like that. And I, I, to be oh. fair, I don't know that that's what they're saying. I, I, I don't know mm-hmm. that for sure. Um, but mm-hmm. all their sources are pictures of him in a yarmulke. That's all I'm saying. Like, I haven't seen a quote then yeah. post a quote from him that says any glowing review of the Likud party. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, mm-hmm. I haven't seen any of that. If it exists, that's fine. I just haven't seen it. Um, and so I'm hesitant with, with some of where that's coming from. Does that make sense? Okay. Yes. Yes. Um, but here's the thing. If it's true and if he is a big fucking Likud party, fucking, if if he's an Argentinian Likudnik, uh, then we, yeah, we have problems. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But outside of that, it's um, always, yeah, there's, it's always a, a double whammy because, you know. Uh, there's a lot of people that consider themselves. Well, I don't want to say a lot, but like there's a because there's not. But like in the people who consider themselves anarcho-capitalist, um, some of them are legitimately insane. So yeah. whenever someone who considers themselves an anarcho-capitalist rises to prominence, on one hand, it's like, oh, cool, that band, that niche band I like, gets, is really popular. But their lead singer is a schizophrenic. <laughs> so right, you know, uh, and it's like, hmm. You know, you're always kind of like uh, some. It's always this double whammy of, oh wow, I, I'm glad. You know, this thing I like is is you know could attain more prominence, and then it's like, oh no, this thing I like is attaining more prominence. Yes, exactly. Uh, it's kind of it's, it's kind of scary it's in that like, way. You know, it's like it's like saying you're an yeah, Azalea Dying like, fan, where it's just like I love Azalea Dying music. It's so good. Don't look up the front man. Don't look up the front. He tried to kill his wife. Don't look him up. The band is great. <laughs> look, there's good and bad in everything. You know, you got to take it. Everybody makes mistakes. <laughs> Dude tried to hire a hitman who was a cop at his gym. It was. It's the um, dumbest. He's the dumbest <laughs> fucking criminal on the planet. <laughs> um, but yeah. So um, it is. It is very much like that. It's very much like, oh God, please, 
please, mm-hmm. please don't be too autistic, please. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they won't understand. They don't understand us. <laughs> there's a there's a golden mean to autism where you have to just hit that sweet spot, uh, you know, <laughs> or, else, or else things start getting very weird. Right. I do think I do think there are some things to be concerned about with him. I, I think he could very easily turn out to just be a politician. I think he could very easily flip, basically, and become sort of one of the post-libertarian type of guys. I, I think he could very easily flip and kind of turn out to be that way. Yeah. Um, so it's one of those yeah. things where it's like, you know, you've you got to be careful. you got to keep your eye on things. But if he is legit, this is mm-hmm. very, very, very cool. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, what's up? Oh, no, I, I was just going to say, it, it's also, like, very important, like, whenever someone calls themselves an anarcho-capitalist, like, when, one of my first instincts is to sort of question, what brought you here? Why you are know? you, why? Yeah, like, why? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's like, and it, it sounds very inquisitive in, a, like, a very negative way. It's just like, oh, yeah, I'm a fan of this, and I, I'm just like, why? <laughs> but really, what I mean by it is, like, there's a lot of people who may like dislike the state for reasons that I would agree with, but they're not. But the the reason they call themselves an anarcho capitalist is just because they have ulterior motivations. And yes, the current state is stopping them from enacting those motivations. Yes, that happens but very I'm not, often. And I'm not saying, and I'm not saying that Javier Millet is doing that. But I'm saying it's something to watch out for. I think anyone in a position of power should be questioned. Yes, uh, even if they're you know our guy or something like that. But it's cool, a lot cool. like uh, it's a lot like if somebody comes up to you and they're like, "I collect World War II memorabilia." You have to ask, "Oh, what, what kind?" kind? <laughs> yeah, what kind do you collect? Yeah, <laughs> interesting. <laughs> it was one of the funniest things I think. One of the funniest things I ever heard was somebody who wrote in. Um, wrote into i think he wrote into the dick show about a friend of his who got arrested and they had gone through all his books and they had taken all his all his political science books and his world war ii flags (laughs) oh (laughs) which ones (laughs) (laughs) that was the funniest way i ever heard that described but it is exactly like that where somebody's like yeah i'm definitely an ancap and it's like um what yeah. kind? <laughs> yeah. What do you, what, what you mean by that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. What do you mean by that? Um, <laughs> anyway, I guess, I guess we should get into some updates on Israel. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not going to be the whole show. We don't want it to be the whole show. Um, <laughs> but uh, so Israel was bombing the living shit out of Al-Shifa Hospital, and now they're raiding it. Um, they posted video of a bunker that exists under Al-Shifa Hospital, but reports are saying that those bunkers exist under all the hospitals in the area because of the bombing. So it's one of those things where it's like the IDF posts this thing where it's just like, these bunkers, are, this, this is the bunker under Al-Shifa. And it's like, okay. And like that's convincing people who are like, oh, Hamas tunnel networks and all this other stuff. Fine. But also those bunkers are under like all the hospitals. So... <laughs> Um, (laughs) so it's one of those things that I, you don't know what to think of it. I'm reserving judgment personally, but, um, Mm -hmm. 
there's there's that's happening. Um, this is the more interesting thing. Though. The, that is the movement. That's one of the movements that's happening on the ground, right? Also, Israel's wanting to expand operations into southern Gaza, which mm-hmm. I didn't expect. Mm-hmm. I thought they would take the north, annex it, and call it a day. Mm-hmm. But apparently they're wanting to expand operations into southern Gaza. I think what we said, uh, I think we might have said this the week before last, I'm sorry, I had a hiccup. The week before last is, um, I think they think this is the one. This is the one where they can just finish off Gaza. It doesn't have to exist mm-hmm. anymore. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, the more interesting story comes out of Haaretz, and this was published today on antiwar.com. An Israeli military helicopter fire. Uh, this is from Dave DeCamp, by the way. An Israeli military helicopter fired and hit attendees of the Nova Music Festival in southern Israel during the Hamas attack on October 7th, Haaretz reported on Saturday, citing a police investigation of the incident. The report reads, quote, according to a police source, the investigation also indicates that an IDF combat helicopter that arrived to the scene and fired at terrorists there apparently also hit some of the festival participants. The police investigation also found that it's unlikely that the Hamas fighters who attacked Israel had knowledge of that music festival, I'm sorry, had knowledge that the music festival was taking place and decided to attack it spontaneously. Bolstering the case uh, is the fact that the festival was originally scheduled to take place on Thursday and Friday and was only approved to continue into Saturday earlier that week. The Haaretz report is the latest evidence indicating the Israeli military was responsible for some of the civilian casualties incurred on October 7th, and in the fighting that ensued in the days after the initial Hamas attack. A report from the Gray Zone uh, compiled evidence from Israeli media, including a report from the newspaper, I can't read that, uh, that said helicopter pilots had, quote, tremendous difficulty distinguishing Hamas fighters from Israelis on the ground. Quote, the Hamas army, it turns out, deliberately made it difficult for the helicopter pilots uh, and the operators of the UAVs. The report said, quote, it became clear that the invading forces were asked in the last briefings to walk slowly into the settlements and outposts or within them and to, uh, and to under no circumstances run in order to make pilots think they were Israelis. The report said that the pilots decided to fire anyway. Quote, this deception worked for a considerable time until the Apache pilots realized that they had to skip all the restrictions. It was only around 9 o'clock a.m. that some of them began to spray the terrorists with cannons on their own without the authorization of superiors, the report said. So that's the story. That's the, that mm. is, the, it's, <laughs> the information slowly starts coming out that, you know, <laughs> um, there were fuck-ups here, <laughs> at the very least. Right, so the, the report is essentially saying that the Israeli military uh, seemingly fired on their own people uh, at partial. Uh, at least yes um, the 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 report uh, indicates this 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 investigation indicates that the Israeli military is at least in part responsible for some of the casualties that happened that day because they shot them that's the it really was their nine eleven yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> no that's uh, exactly right uh yeah, that's uh, that's not shocking to me. Um, like you know, wh- whenever you have like these fog of war type scenarios, uh, it always comes out 
that there were some misfires uh, often yes. uh, when this type of stuff happens. So yes. yeah, that's that's not shocking to me. Um, I've seen every, and I, I I'm not, I don't have specifics because I wasn't I I've been like out of news or like not looking at news for like weeks or so. The ever I, I see clips here and there, and every time there's some like military analyst from uh, Israel or like um uh, or like a uh, general in Israel in the Israeli army that comes on like CNN whatever news station to talk about their actions uh they're always being like yeah well you know we could have killed more people uh but we didn't so therefore yeah. you know we're kind of we're kind of the good guys here yeah exactly exactly well do you remember um this kind of thing should not be surprising to anyone who remembers the pat tillman debacle do you remember that uh um, remind me. Okay, so the Pat Tillman debacle, I thought you might have forgotten it, because it kind of flew under the radar nowadays. Nowadays, nobody really thinks back to it, but the Pat Tillman debacle, Pat Tillman was an American football player, um, and he was high profile. He was he was known. Oh, yes, yes. I'm so, yes, I know the story. Yes, I'm sorry. Yes. I, the name slipped my mind. There you go. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, it's yes. one of those things. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so Pat Tillman, for those who, who are listening and don't know, Pat Tillman was an American football player. High profile guy was in the military um, in uh, I believe it was in Iraq. I think it was Iraq. Hold on a second. Let me verify this real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I don't want to be incorrect. No, it was Afghanistan. Okay. So he was an American football player. He was in Afghanistan and he was killed by friendly fire. And the military turned him into a martyr as if he were killed by insurgents, as if he were killed by the yes. Taliban. Yeah. And he, yep. uh, he was not. He was killed by friendly fire. He was murdered. He was killed by, by, yep. by the United States. The United States killed Pat Tillman. And, uh, yeah, he was, he was yep. martyred by the military until it came out that uh, that whole story was a lie. And the Pat Tillman mm-hmm. thing is sort of a great shame of the American military nowadays. Um, but this, this, this is not surprising. This kind of news is not surprising. If you remember at all the way that they treat, they being um, uh, the military-industrial complex of any nation, treats this kind of situation. Hmm. So it's a, it's, it, it is a, uh, like, I don't know. It's, it's just not surprising. Like they, yeah. I, I, what, what is surprising actually is that they engaged at all. We'll never um, let a good tragedy go to waste. Yes, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. That is exactly the case. Um, and I'm sure there won't be for, for a while. It'll be months before there's any official numbers on who was, uh, who was uh, a casualty of the IDF? Who among the Israeli civilian population mm-hmm. was a casualty of the IDF or of Hamas? Yeah. Those numbers yeah. won't come out for a long time. Mm-hmm. In that same vein, and uh, I didn't... Uh, I didn't know anything about this guy. Do you know uh, Giora uh, Eland or Island E I L A N D? No. Okay. No idea. This is a guy who is a retired major general of the IDF, 
Um, he was the head of the Israeli National Security Council um, from to I think two thousand and three, and uh, he wrote an article. Uh, and it is terrifying. It is really fucking terrifying. This is, uh, I'm just going to read directly from the article. This is a translation that was provided by, um, uh, Tallulah Shah on Twitter. Uh, it's called, let's not be intimidated by the world. According to the American narrative, there are two groups of people in Gaza. One is the Hamas fighters, who are brutal terrorists and are therefore mortal. Most of the people in Gaza belong to a second group, innocent civilians, who suffer for no fault of their own. Therefore, Israel must not only avoid harming them as much as possible, but also act to make their lives easier. The other and more correct narrative is as follows. Israel is not fighting a terrorist organization, but against the state of Gaza. The state of Gaza is indeed under Hamas leadership, and this organization managed to mobilize all the resources of its state, the support of the majority of its citizens, and the absolute loyalty of its civil administration around Sinwar's leadership, while fully supporting his ideology. In this sense, Gaza is very similar to Nazi Germany, where a similar process also took place. Being that this is the accurate description of the situation, so it is also correct to manage the war accordingly. Okay, so we, we, we've gotten to the end of the second right. paragraph, and already we're at Gaza as an exact analog for Nazi Germany, which is not an accident. It carries yeah. with it the Dresden argument. That's yes. the argument that's being made. Yes, that, that and, and the thing rolling through my head right there is Murray Rothbard's words in Anatomy of the State, which is like, yeah, if the people are the state, then the Jews kill in Nazi yes, Germany. Yes, the Jews committed suicide uh, in Nazi Germany. It's insane argument to make. Yes. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> if your position uh, is that just, Gaza is like, indeed a state... The moment you do that, you... you... Go ahead. No, 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 I'm sorry, go for it, go for it. There's a little bit of a delay, so... so you know, you're I, there's a lag. I'm, I'm having a bit of a lag. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, you'd go for it. I was, I was just uh, saying, if, if your position is that it's a state of Gaza, which is something they've never recognized before, they've never recognized an official government yeah <laughs> like that's insane in itself but if that's your position well then all the arguments that that uh you especially make consistently apply <laughs> right i'm sorry and also saying. I didn't then yahoo specifically said himself then yahoo said himself that they he, they supported hamas because they wanted to smear like the gazans right they wanted yes. to be like oh yeah this is their government you know this is the people who run them yep look at this Look how crazy these guys are. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, it, it's like, uh, yeah, that is a that's a genocidal argument. The moment you make that argument, open Pandora's box, right? It's like, OK, well, I, has it has Israel ever committed any type of wrong? I'm sure this man would probably say no. Right. But I'm sure and any honest person would probably say, yeah, the Israeli government has probably done some bad things. So if, sure. you, if we just concede, just even the smallest amount if we can see the smallest amount that some israeli official or soldier or some someone somewhere did a bad thing okay let's just say no matter what it was let's just say they did something wrong they did something that they should be held account to by that standard these all the israeli people also seemingly are responsible for that as well under this argument 
uh, yes, any must type be. of wrong committed by the Israeli government. And you know, if we want to, if we want to stick to history and we want to go back to the founding of Israel, if we want to say that, well, now those citizens are responsible for the Israeli government uh, that pushed those Palestinians out of their homes and continued to push people out of their homes uh, in order for settlement. Uh, then what about all those people at that dance club, at that festival? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, were they yeah. responsible for the crimes? All of, the people, all the people were who were casualties the of the IDF at that concert, <laughs> they they hurt themselves. Yeah. Right. Right. It, yeah. It's. <laughs> yeah. Hamas was just holding them responsible for the government's actions. Right. Yeah. So really, uh, so, so, it shouldn't take uh, you know it shouldn't take long for people to realize just how absurd the argument is. like if you just follow it just a little bit not even to its logical oh, conclusion yeah, if you think just for a second there. if you think for uh, a second just, yeah yeah <laughs> here let's restart the call just real quick yeah okay sorry about that okay no okay no no, no it's not a, it's not you think it's a discord thing um I'll, yeah. I'll continue though from paragraph three yeah A war between states is not only won by military combat, but also by the ability of one side to break the opposing side's system. The economic ability, and first and foremost, the ability to provide energy is of the utmost importance. The collapse of Germany at the beginning of 1945 was mainly due to the loss of Romania's oil fields. And once Germany did not have enough fuel for its planes and tanks, the war was won. Israel must therefore not provide the other side with any capability that prolongs its life. Moreover, we say that Sinwar is so evil that he does not care if all the residents of Gaza die. Such a presentation is uh, not accurate since they're, uh, since who are the, quote, poor women of Gaza? They are all the mothers, sisters, and wives of Hamas murderers. On the one hand, they are all part of the infrastructure that supports the organization, and on the other hand, if they experience a humanitarian disaster, then it will be assumed that some of the Hamas fighters and the more junior commanders will begin to understand that the war is futile and that it is better to prevent irreversible harm to their families. Uh, yeah, that's just gen- that is completely unequivocally genocidal. Yes, that is a, 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 yes, a, that is a genocidal statement. Yes, it is. Um, uh, yes, how many that people? is the exact same as the argument that people make in favor of the nukes, in favor of the bombing of Dresden, yes. talking about the, yes. the what about the women who were there who were burned alive for no good damn reason? Right. Well, they were sewing the uniforms for the military, so right. they were part of the complex. Yeah. How many, Fuck you. Well, I, you know, how many uh, people are feeding IDF soldiers who are going out and sniping Palestinian children right now? I, hmm, you know, how, how many people have fed that man? That uh, you yeah. know, there was that video of that sni- of one of the IDF soldiers sniping some Palestinian kid. How many people fed that man to the point where he was alive to do that? Can we go and kill all those people? Yeah. <laughs> Can we go and take like start bombing fast food uh, establishments because well, huh, they're feeding the IDF, right? Look, man, it's uh, a it's a it's a short road from this argument yeah. to every single person in the Twin Towers was a fucking taxpayer. That's right. That is so right. And I bet some of them even liked their president. Mm-hmm. <laughs> some proportion of them, sure. Or some of them liked the... Pro- and, you know, it doesn't even matter. If any of them... So it doesn't matter whether the, they were Republicans or Democrats. Uh, <laughs> they probably supported a president who, in, who also committed horrible actions in the Middle East. They either they they must have voted for uh, if they voted at all, they must have voted for either W, 
Clinton, George H.W. Bush, yeah. uh, Reagan, or Carter? Like, those yeah, are the choices. A, yeah. So, hmm. Well, I have bad news about that. <laughs> um, under this argument. Yeah, it's just, it's just genocidal. It's the same, as you said, it's the same thing with, like, the nukes. It's the same thing with Dresden. And, and you know, it, it's always funny because... Whenever uh, you talk about civilization, whenever you talk about, uh, you know, the moral norms of civilization and the moral like the, uh, the the norms like people espouse of like, you know, the justice system. Right. No matter what critiques we might have of the justice system, the fact that it's at least paid lip service to in comparison to how we treat war. Yes. is a stark difference. Right? Oh, yeah. Like you have all these things like you have the presumption of innocence. You have this belief that it is not OK to kill an innocent family member of a murderer just because you think it might stop the murder well we pretend to have these we pretend to have these principles in a system of justice (laughs) right yeah and it's not just that think about this too you think about the militarization of a civilization of a society okay this is an argument that really was bugging me was this idea that like okay so hamas has supposedly if we follow this argument hamas has militarized its entire society in order to make it part of the the overall terrorist complex that is Hamas, okay? The entire society of Gaza is part of this complex. All right. What do you call a country that mandates service in its military for every single citizen? Right. Oh my god, dude, that's such a good argument. Yes, how yeah, exactly. So every single one of the Israeli citizens is conscripted. Right. So would a Hamas agent be uh, justified under this man's logic to say, look, every one of these are every one of these people are conscripted into the IDF at 18 years old. Um, So therefore, aren't they all military targets? Yeah. Yeah, they must be. Logically. (laughs) I mean, if if this is if this is how we're thinking, then yes. Yeah. Yes. Um. Uh, oh shit there's more to this thing <laughs> there's there's uh okay so I'll, I'll continue um the way to win the war faster and at a lower cost for us requires a system collapse on the other side and not the mere killing of more hamas fighters the international community warns us of a humanitarian disaster in gaza and of severe epidemics we must not shy away from this as difficult as that may be After all, severe epidemics in the south of Gaza will bring victory closer and reduce casualties among IDF soldiers. And no, this is not about cruelty for cruelty's sake, since we don't support the suffering of the other side as a goal, but as a means. Oh, I I hope this man, like, falls off a cliff. Oh, uh, man. Oh, man. Uh, Oh, we don't support it as a goal, just as a means. Yeah, great. What a humanitarian. This is a a fucking, this, that statement alone. I know, dude. As soon as I read that, man. Dude, it's, I have these fucking Kantian sensibilities, dude. Yes. And as yes. soon as he's saying, like. I'm more insulted, actually. I'm yeah. actually more, I might be more insulted by yes. the fact that it's a means for you and not a good, an end. Yeah, if it were the goal, at least I would get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're, but you're tra- you're saying the suffering of these people, these people dying of dysentery, dying of 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 famine conditions, dying because they don't have uh don't dying because they don't have fuel to cook food, dying because they they of these diseases that are running rampant, dying because of all this. That to you is not the goal in itself, which while horrible is at least recognition of the effect. 
right? That's not the goal. It's a means to you. Right. At least, you know, the psychopath cares in some sense about me. He cares about that the I suffering. suffer. Yes. Yeah, he cares that I suffer. He likes it. But this I this indifference is almost worse to me, truthfully. Like I agree. the indifference. <laughs> like the like, yeah, you know, I, I don't take pleasure in it, but you know, I'm willing to enact insane amounts of suffering as a tool to get what I really want. Yes. Like, this is oh, this I, is consequentialism. This is consequentialism 100%. laid bare. Yes. yes, it is. Yeah. It's like I view this end as a greater good. And I don't view these people as ends in themselves. And they're just tools in order. They're stepping stones that I can walk on in order to achieve my uh, ultimate goal. Not only are uh, they in, individually in tools, but their suffering is a tool. Right. Yes. Right. It's the whole it's the whole thing. We're going to starve all these children to death because maybe, you know, the, the Iraqis will rise up and overthrow their regime. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it, it, it's that it, it's it's. Uh, it is just like some of the most evil, uh, I like ideological poison uh, there is. Yes. Um, and and yeah, it, it, look, if you're the type of person, um, and look, uh, if you're a, I think people who are who are like military strategists in particular are attuned to see the world this way, right? Uh, obviously, if you're a military strategist, you're trying to find out the most practical way for victory, right? You you have to imagine human beings as cogs that are just problems to yes. be solved, right? Uh, like you have to start. Problems. You have to start bean counting human lives. Yes, exactly. Uh, so you have to start uh, doing this. So you to say that, oh well, you know, if we put uh, X number of forces here and here, it will result in you know Y number of casualties. Uh, but it will the 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 ratio difference will make it so that we'll uh, spare um, um, fewer of our troops will die as a result. So therefore, we're going to take this because if your if your job is like I need to ensure the least amount of casualties on my side, it all that matters is doing that to them, right? If you're a strategist, that's all you are in that role, right? That you're just a bean counter, essentially trying to find the maximal the maximal. Um, um, way for your side to lose the least amount of lives. Yes. Um, and that type of thinking, uh, while it may work in terms of like, yeah, you know, if you if you take it like an engineering problem, sure, yeah, you, I can see how you can get these results. Uh, it's also evil a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, here's the thing. Uh, not only is it sociopathic, right? It's absolutely sociopathic. Right. But not only yes, that, not only that, but... It butts up against the rhetoric, against the propaganda, against the supposed ethic of all these organizations that do this kind of thing of selfless service. This idea that, like, you're supposed to be serving selflessly. This is supposed to be you. It's the same thing. It's the same argument that I have about cops. It's the same argument that I have about the military. If your intention is that you serve selflessly, your death should be of no consequence. The death of, yeah, the death yeah, of right. more IDF soldiers to to yes. do this war in an ethical way should be of no consequence to you whatsoever. Yeah. You're supposed to be selfless. Yes, exactly. Right. So it, it's like, well, it's like whenever people talk about, well, you know, um, if we didn't drop the nukes, more American soldiers would have died in our land invasion if we had uh, dumped the land invasion. Now, mind you, I just want to clarify 
we, we there's no we don't have hard facts and sources about those numbers uh, from what, what I understand from my reading of it. Well, no, so but we also but we do have the report numbers. that says an invasion would have been totally unnecessary. They would have uh, right. that Japan yeah. would have surrendered by November anyway. Yes. Yes. But just to give it but just to steel man it for him, even sure. assuming those numbers were accurate, even assuming it was necessary. Um, why am I supposed to care about the American soldiers invading more than I'm supposed to care about the civilians in Japan? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah especially the so, civilians so, in Japan aren't aren't running commercials on my television talking about selfless service. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Like this is what honestly, this is what really gets me about it is it's like you, you have to pick a lane. You like right. you can't you can't they can't both be true. You're yeah. lying somewhere. And also, I don't truthfully, I don't believe these people. I do not believe they're genuine in their sociopathy, truly. I think they're sociopaths and but I, I don't think that they would act the same way if it was their family truthfully if it, if the no. roles were completely reversed if israel was the one who was like launching who was um like you know uh launching just these let's say israel launched some random attack at another country and then in response this other country started you know um invading them and dropping bombs trying to root out the idf and you know uh sometimes that's going to mean uh you know quote unquote collateral damage happens sure uh, but what that collateral damage is is the lives of innocent israeli people there uh, uh would this person be like oh well you know that's just what happens oh no <laughs> it, no yeah. you're exactly right he's not here's the thing you're you're correct he's not genuine in his sociopathy what he is genuine in is his ethno-nationalism select sociopathy yes select sociopathy yes it's it's ethno nationalism. It's this idea that like yes. no no no, I don't want IDF soldiers to be hurt in this operation because they're worth something. And these Palestinian women and children are not. Right. That's what it is. It's 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 an it's ethnic hatred. That's the only way to describe yes. it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know, he wouldn't be making this argument even if the roles were completely reversed. So that's how you know it's personal. And what I mean by personal is, as you said, in ethnic. Uh, yes. It's, it's, it's targeted ethnically. Mm-hmm. Um, because, uh, you know, if if his argument was, if he truly believed in his argument, then his argument should stand no matter what the players were, right? The yes. players, you can just swap out the names of the players or just like reverse it completely. And if he was being genuine, he would still stand by his argument. Yeah, the right? logic should hold uh, just the same regardless. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But I don't think it would. I don't think he would stand by it. Uh, so I, I think that this is just ethnically motivated. Um, yes, absolutely. Uh, it, yeah, it, it's genocidal. It is uh, absolutely uh, evil. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure. And, uh, you know, going back. I, I'm yeah, not going sure back. if it gets worse than that as a means statement, but he does go that, on to explain, to expand upon it. Okay. It's okay. it's it, it continues to be bad. I don't know if it gets worse because that mm-hmm. as a means statement is probably the yeah. worst thing I've heard from a person who's ever held a position of power. But um, right. but or it's among them at the very least. But he continues to explain why the other side. This is from the piece. The other side is given the option to end the suffering if they surrender. Sinwar will not surrender, but there is no reason for the Hamas militia commanders in the southern Gaza Strip not to surrender when they have no fuel and no water, and when the plagues reach them as well as when the danger to the lives of their women increases. The Israeli cabinet must take a harder line with the Americans, and at least have the ability to say the following. 
As long as all the hostages are not returned to Israel, do not talk to us about the humanitarian aspects. And yes, we believe that the humanitarian pressure is also a legitimate means of increasing the chance of seeing the hostages alive. But we must not, absolutely must not, adopt the American narrative that, quote, permits us to fight only against Hamas fighters instead of doing the right thing, to fight against the entire opposing system, because it is precisely its civil collapse that will bring the end of the war closer. When senior Israeli figures say to the media, quote, it's either us or them, we should clarify the question of who is them. Quote, they are not only Hamas fighters with weapons, but also all the, quote, civilian officials, including hospital administrators and school administrators, and also the entire Gaza population who enthusiastically supported Hamas and cheered on its atrocities on October 7th. I can't legally say. Uh, we'll get delisted on iTunes. So I, so I won't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's just evil, uh, right? Like yeah. that. That is just. Uh, yeah. and, and as you said, right? I can understand a person who, to me, it's very human, and it's very wrong, but it's very human to want another person to suffer after you've suffered, right? That yes. is a very human reaction. That is the thing that makes um, the most is, sense in the world. What is almost an inhuman coldness is this idea is that I do not even regard your life as important to the point where I would care about your suffering, in, whether in one way or the other. Your right? suffering is uh, not useful to me as catharsis. Your suffering is useful to me as a means to manipulate another person. Yes. At least at least when the suffering of another. Oh, man, here's a fucking here's a fucking twist. Somebody write this paper. Um, Torture is deontologically ethical. How about that? At least when you're doing (laughs) at least when you're I don't mean it, but somebody could make the argument, I'm sure. At least when you are causing suffering to another for the suffering alone, you are treating that person that that person's suffering at least is an end to you. That's the goal. That's the there's, purpose. That's why. There's at least, right. You're still treating them as a means, but you're, there's a part of them that you're treating as an end. <laughs> a part of them. Yeah, the suffering itself, right? End. The suffering itself, whereas, their suffering, you're treating as an end. Yeah, whereas the per, in terms of like the, you know, the bean counter, it's like their lives are completely inconsequential to you. Their suffering is completely inconsequential to you. Uh, um and uh, your only the, your ultimate goal is you know that the enemy the the, the Hamas uh, fighters relent because they don't want their families to suffer um, or yeah. their people to suffer right that's that's your ultimate goal and it's like you know at least <laughs> at least the person torturing me gives a shit you know <laughs> exactly <laughs> at least he cares in some way. <laughs> <laughs> at least there's something well here's the thing at least there's something i think it comes down to at least there's something in that person if you have a sociopath who tortures people for fun at least yeah. there's something in that person that recognizes the humanity of their victim that recognizes that right. their victim is another person that's why torturing them gives them some sort of good feeling is because they're torturing yeah. another person right yeah um, and and again, there's a distinction between like I think you can make at least three distinctions, right? There's a person who tortures another person because they value the the suffering of them; they want them to suffer. Yes. There's a person 
uh, inflicts some type of horrible torture on a person because there's some external end that they're going for, and they're just a means to that. They're, the suffering is just a means yeah, sexual gratification end. or whatever it is, uh, some internal thing. Yeah, yeah. and then there's also well, internal to act. them, external to the victim. Right, and then there's people you know who may accidentally cause harm, and then that, but they feel bad about it. Those are normal people. Yes, <laughs> right. The other two are psychopaths and sociopaths. Yes, they're bean counters. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> so, so uh, this isn't even a person's like, oh my god, we caused all this suffering, and it's like, and he's feeling bad about it. No, no, no. He's like, yeah, we're we're causing the suffering. We should do more of it, uh, actually, uh, because that will. Uh, uh, you know, we will attain our political goals of you know decimating Hamas um, if we if we do. Uh, yeah, and it's like uh, to me at least. I don't know. Uh, maybe I would feel differently in a different situation. But to me, it seems like yeah. At least you know the the person who like wants me dead or wants to torture me. Uh, at least you know they believe in something. <laughs> at least, <laughs> honestly, it's the Walter Social. Say what you want about National Socialism, dude. At least it's an ethos. <laughs> yeah. At least the person has a fire in their belly. You know? <laughs> at least this person really cares. There's some humanity there. <laughs> yeah. It is 100%. Say what you want about National Socialism. At least it's an ethos. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. You know, at least Jeffrey Dahmer valued something about me, you know? (laughs) Exactly. God. God. That is, dude, this really is just, I think this is an excellent example to hold up of conceptually consequentialism vulgar consequentialism laid bare this is exactly what it is this is what it leads to this is the kind of thought process that it empowers yes uh yeah and i mean look there's uh, you know uh (laughs) and of course uh, you know i I think just going back to what we said he's not sincere about it obviously because if it was his people in the reverse situation see here's the thing right he's not sincere in his sociopathy he may be sincere in his hatred of palestinians Oh yes, yes. He's sincere in he in his belief that they should do this to the Palestinians, but he's not sincere in his the the consequence of his argument, the logical conclusion of his argument. Yes, um, because like it, here's the thing, right? If you if you make an argument and you reduce every person down to a bean, right? If you're just a bean counter and you're just trying to strategize about what's the best the best way we can use to cripple the other side, um, that could also just be used against you, as we as you said, you can change the name of the beans. Uh, of course, and it should apply equally um, under a logical framework. Uh, and if that happened, he would, of course, oppose it, right? He would never say, well, you know, because Israel's launching these terrorist attacks in other countries, therefore the other countries have a right to just cripple yeah. Israel, and that means killing innocent Israelis. Yeah. Uh, in order to, like... Uh, well, I mean, it would mean that, it would mean Egypt would have had the right to do the exact same thing in 1967, under the exact same logic. Right. When Israel surprise attacked Egypt in Sinai, I don't want to fucking hear about it, Israel started that war. Um... Yeah. Yeah, that that would be. I mean, that's under this guy's logic. It's the same thing. Yeah. Um, it, it when people start talking about, let's see. Here's the thing. This is why I brought up the difference between like uh, domestic, like uh, our beliefs about like domestic justice. Like you know, we have all these like normative moral uh, propositions that we believe, like you know, the presumption of innocence, right? Um, uh, you know, just things proportionality. Like that, that, you know, uh, 
proportionality that you should never you know it's wrong to uh punish an innocent person for the crimes of another these are all things we at least like to believe well the the text of the eighth Uh, amendment the cruel and unusual punishment is a violation of right it's not that it's not that it's not even this is something that's so interesting about this it's not even saying that punishing people is a violation of right it's saying that punishing them cruelly unusually Mm -hmm. this is a violation of Mm -hmm. right yeah, like they, these these principles we 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 these are enshrined supposedly, mm-hmm. yeah, in our national ethos. Yes, yeah, and it's <laughs> it's so funny to me that people will talk about war and they'll say, yeah, but this is war. It's like, okay, when did all these moral? It, you know, what I mean, it, it's very much like, yeah, people believe these things, but only when it's convenient for them. Only when they're like, they feel only like they're allowed. Only in so far as it doesn't impede their goals. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, it, it's one of these things where it's like the the real test is if, if you're a true believer, right? Everyone can have. Everyone can be a good person when things are going great in their life, right? Everyone can do like good things, and not everyone. There's some like real, you know, sick psychos. Yeah, there's some most, assholes. It's a general but... statement. <laughs> a, statement. Uh, a lot of people, most people, I think, can be good people when things are going great. The yeah. real test. Uh, of you, both of your moral character and of your principles is will you hold on to them when things are not going good, when they're going very badly, actually? Uh, and I think for most people, the answer is unfortunately no. Um, I think it's, you know, it's it's um, I think the yeah, answer that is more... no, too. But I think I think it's no to varying degrees, because you think about like <clears throat> this is one of the things, too. I mean, you, you read some of the stories of what people do in, in like famine conditions, for example. Yeah. And and what people are driven to do in those conditions, it's like your your human nature, your better angels, for example, die, and or, or, or rather, to to use the turn of yeah. phrase, those better angels of your nature die, and and you re- and you return yeah. to the animal that you are on some level, and yeah. um and I think there's I think there's an understandable humanity to that. I have a hard time casting moral judgment against it in the sense that oh someone yeah. who does something extreme under those conditions is a bad person i don't think that's the case um yeah i i, I didn't mean to make it sound like you know this, yeah I, i'm it, just thinking it's, it's a I, I'm, thing, I'm sure right? you didn't i'm just just to expand on the idea um and, and 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 to that extent though i mean you have somebody who who faces just the slightest adversity in their life and they go shoot up a walmart yeah. that's a different right. thing There's- yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Everyone is an individual. How they respond to things are not going to be the same. So it's 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 very much like yeah, it, it's it's a very general statement. It's a, it's sometimes a useful bottle, but it's not correct, right? It, um, it, the point being, I think it's important to remember that 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 our moral principles are ideals. They are and and in being ideals, they are to a certain extent unattainable, but we should strive. That's the point. Um right. Yeah. I, I think and, you know, it's one of these things where, like, when, when people talk about war, they immediately, like, if you ask the person, right, should, is it morally okay to punish a person for a crime they didn't commit? I think almost unanimously people would say, no, that's not, that's not okay. It's not okay to punish someone for something, they, a crime they didn't commit or right. something wrong they didn't. Just right? as a baseline I, understanding of what is baseline. right. Yeah. Yes. Yes. In fact, I think it's, I think that question is one of the, like, it's one of my go-tos. Uh, just because I think it's so foundational, because uh, I think I think I, I've never had a person um, 
I, I think ever say yes to that. That yes, yeah, it's it's good. It's okay to punish someone for a crime they didn't commit. I I I, I mean, a consequentialist might come up with variations, or like util, utilitarians might say yes, and for some like um, crazy reason. But whatever. Yeah. Well, the um, the, the consequentialist but, might turn to the to the argument of the. <laughs> The sort of three generations northern North Korean sort of well yeah you have to because in order to make people stop doing it you have to punish three generations uh-huh. of the family because that's how you actually right. punish the act is by making it so it doesn't happen again and that's why you have right. to punish people who didn't do the thing yeah but that's right. a consequentialist argument that's not an argument from any right. ethical position that means anything <laughs> I think that the um for most people they would just say yeah and this has been my experience they say no it's never okay to punch people but the moment you mention war it's like uh they, no, it's out the everyone, becomes a millet, everyone becomes a military strategist a bean counter and any type of moral uh, presumption is just gone um this has just been my personal anecdote no you're, you're correct yeah um but that's that is what i see uh the moment you bring up war they're like no but it's war and I think when people say, well, it's war, they think it has some, like, magical incantation uh, attached to it, right? Where it's just like, I'm supposed to, like, I'm supposed to be like, oh, you're right, it's war, yeah, of course. The magic, words, <laughs> the magic words that makes any any horrible act yeah. just dandy like, is, is the word right. war. It'd be like if I was telling someone, it'd be like if I was saying, man, it's really horrible all these murders that are being committed. And someone just goes, yeah, it's human nature. It's like, you, you, oh, okay, maybe, yeah, sure, yeah, okay, uh, but it's wrong, right? And he's like, well, it's human nature. It's like, uh, okay, but that's not what <laughs> but I yeah, asked but that doesn't you. answer the question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not what I asked you. Well, I mean, think about this, dude. If we want to act like war is a magical incantation that justifies an atrocity, um, somebody quick, translate jihad. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> what yes. does that word mean? That means Mein Kampf, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. No. <laughs> I mean, seriously, if we're going to use if we're yeah. going to use war like a magic word that erases all moral implication, then OK, well, uh, then let's use war as a magic word that embrace right. that erases all moral implication. That's right. what that's it's, what jihad is. So, yeah. It, it's like whenever I, I like and I remember um uh, I, I think when I was talking about Dresden, someone said this to me. I, I was talking about like how Dresden was like an obviously immoral war crime, um, and I someone responded, but it's like that's war. Innocents die in war. It's like yeah, I know that. Yeah. In fact, that's why I'm anti-war. Yeah, if that's you can read it in my mind. <laughs> it says right here. <laughs> uh, it's like. I know that. Yeah, I was not unaware I think of it's this. It's a bad thing. <laughs> I I don't know what you were trying to teach me here uh, by saying that. Um, but I think you may be onto something that as to why I may be opposed. Uh, so, yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's okay. like it's exactly. Like, I'm just explaining something. It's like I. It's it's like oh, it's almost like they think. If they only knew how it worked, they wouldn't find it immoral. <laughs> like, Dean, if I just explain to you the mechanics of murder, uh, well, then you should be okay with it, right? <laughs> like, if I just explained in mechanical terms, uh, with my engineering bean-counting brain, if I just explained really, really, really hard to you how, the mechanics of how murder works, uh, 
well, then you shouldn't be opposed to it because yeah. I explained to you how it works, right? Because you can only be morally opposed to something if you don't know about it, I right. guess. If you don't understand. If you, if, you, if, you don't, if, you, if you can't grasp the implications of a thing, that's the only reason that you could possibly be against it. Right, yeah. Yeah. It's like, well, you know, uh, yeah, the uh, murder, ha- you know, all, all these horrible things, they happen in war. War is war. Uh, well, thank you, sir. Fantastic. Thank you for el- <laughs> thank you for illuminating my brain. Fucking north is north. What are you saying? Yeah, great. What do you think you're yeah. saying? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my god, uh, these people are like. You know what they remind me of, Dean? They're like the people who are, who like uh, uh, are at funerals and the, the, they see some kid crying over their parents' death, and they're like, eh, "It's life." Death happens, yeah. you know. It's, yeah. like, it's like what? Who? Who? What kind of a person are you? Like what? <laughs> like uh, it's just insane to me. Like I, uh, truly, it's like I, I don't like. See, I, my whole thing is like, okay, if you're going to be a sociopath, at least pick a lane, right? Uh, but they have one foot in the door of being like a sociopath, and the other foot in the door of being like, yeah, it's not okay. It would not be okay. Well, I mean, because that's the thing is the reaction as soon as as soon as teenagers start reading Bin Laden's letter to America and start saying, like, maybe he has a point, then they start freaking out. Oh, dude, we need to talk about that if we can. Yeah, uh, absolutely. There was a there was a small kerfuffle that was kicked up because there were some teenagers on um, not just teenagers. It was people people of all ages, really. But they were uh, I say all ages. Anyone who was like a kid when 9-11 happened. Um, and, and, and younger than that. So yeah. anyone, every, it was people in that group. Of course, those are the people who are on TikTok. So those are your selection bias, but the Zoomers. Yeah. Um, who were, who were reading bin Laden's letter to America in which he describes, um, a lot of the, uh, uh, grievances that he had with the United States, which did include, yeah. to be fair, things like, um, you know, women driving and, th- and stuff like that. That's, that is in there. Yeah. But um, the the sort of core argument is about um, the United States military uh, empire and and the way that it's been functioning mm-hmm. in the Middle East and especially the way that the Saudis and the United States are, uh, as he saw it, desecrating the Holy Land of in, in, in Saudi Arabia by allying with one another and the Zionist sort of menace. Um, uh, there was a lot in there about the Palestinians as well, and the support that the United States has given Israel in their ethnic cleansing of the Palestinians, which at this point is an undeniable fact, I think. Um, the only people who, who pretend that that's not occurring are people who are, have their heads so far in the fucking sand they can't fucking breathe. Um, but anyway, kids are reading this thing, and they are sort of taking to TikTok and being like, he's kind of right? <laughs> Like he kind of yeah. has a point, and I've seen like the boomer cons specifically like lose their mind about oh, yeah. this. Uh, because like, here's the thing, right? You can be correct in your um, diagnosis of a problem, right? If you can like diagnose yes. that a problem is occurring, that something's bad, and again, that doesn't mean he was right about everything, right? Like obviously, like the w- women driving thing or stuff like that. But in his like claims of like, hey, all these things are in the Middle East are happening. It's like he can be correct on those, and it can still be unjustified. Nine yeah. Eleven can still be unjustified. You yes. don't have to connect the two, right? It's like like if someone's like 
like was being a real jerk at, on the road or something and, and a person had road rage and they slammed their car into the other the other guy's car it's like he can be correct that the other guy was being really rude well, <laughs> and it doesn't the same argument him. People make the same argument for Ted Kaczynski, right? Where it's like, yeah, yeah, I mean, look, the guy shouldn't have bombed a fucking building with kids in it and shit. Like, that was a bad thing to do. But if you read right. the actual thing he wrote, it kind of makes sense. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. people do this all the right. time. Can, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you can agree, You can say his criticisms, you know, and again, I'm not saying all of his criticisms were legitimate. But, like, you can say, yeah, this thing he's talking about, yeah, it's happening. And it's also wrong uh, in here. And, you right. know. Uh, if, if, you know, if you want to be like, it, look, if you want, it, here's the thing, right? All these like consequentialist types somehow turn off their quant- consequentialist brain when it comes to blowback, which is very interesting. Oh, yeah. Uh, like all these well, people. That's, that's one like of the very, major problems with consequentialism is that I only care about yeah. consequences, except when I don't like the consequences, then they don't exist. Right. I only care about the consequences up until a certain point in time. Right. Then I stop. Then, you know, you know, I see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, it's but yeah. Obviously, uh, you know, man, it, it's crazy to me how like people, uh, like conservatives, are doing this thing again, where it's like, oh, you know, we can't, uh, we can't talk about, you know, Bin Laden or like he was just like some nut job, and you know, we have nothing to learn from why he wanted to do what he wanted to do or anything like that, or, or you know, or he was just like some radical Islamist or and and. It was just his religion that uh, told him he had to do that. Stuff right. Like that. There were no I, you know, real. Actually, there were no real actually, political or military implications to it at all. I am so tired of when when people are talking about like radical, like is- Islamic uh, terrorism when they use that term, and they talk about like how well during this terrorist attack, you know, they uh, you know, or maybe they read some terrorist manifest. And they see some reference to Allah or, uh, their, uh, you know, the Quran or something like that. It's like, OK, yes, obviously people are religious, right? Yes. That a lot of people, like a, a huge amount of people around the world are religious. It's not shocking if people are religious, especially if they're deeply religious, to find references in some time type of journal or statement to their religion right they can all they can sincerely believe in their religion and that can still not be the sufficient reason for why and a thing happened right right yeah. it's like that's actually some, a really like, good point some guy, yeah uh, you know if some radicalized if some radicalized american right or something like that uh who was mad that china was invading let's say or something and he went and committed a terrorist attack to china and he referenced his christian beliefs as strengthening his commitment and giving him like some tenacity in order to carry out these attacks it's not that the christianity uh led to him committing these attacks he's just <laughs> reference he's just like referencing other things within his life in order to like contextualize yes. self contextualization everybody does Right. You're, you're using one thing in your life in order to in, infer meaning to another. Everybody does this. Everyone. So the idea that, well, you know, it, it, so if that happened with the, with the, you know, the we say, well, that obviously it's radical Christianity. That's, uh, you know, um, uh, that's actually a really good point. That, if, that if, let's say attack, it's like, if China well, invaded the United States yeah. and some guy went and to go blow up uh, uh, some Chinese military installation and he said for God and country beforehand, yeah. would they spin that as radical Christianity? Right. Or would they spin it as he's mad that we invaded? Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Right. That's a, that's a really like, look, good point. It can both be true simultaneously. It can both be true simultaneously that they are that you are a devout believer in your religion and that your relig- and that your religious conviction uh, gives you makes you feel like there is some meaning in what in the attack you're about to commit and that that alone is not sufficient a sufficient reason for it right both well, those things not, can be true it's it's right? it's not yes it's not a sufficient condition to give rise to the act that's the that's right right i i 100 agree with that and it's not just it's not just that either no. it's also this idea that like they they get so mad about people these people were okay. So these people are sitting there reading Bin Laden's letter to America. First of all, there's all these people who are just like it was written by the CIA and all this stuff. It's like, hey, fucking maybe. Ugh, it's so outside of the what's relevant to the conversation. Um, yeah. as far as I'm fucking concerned, anyway, I I don't see why. I I, I think Bin Laden absolutely fucking wrote the thing. I don't I don't see why he wouldn't. This was mm-hmm. Al Qaeda. <clears throat> uh, I don't know how much the people who claim that actually know about Al Qaeda as an organization. But the 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 sort of seeds of Al Qaeda that was the the Arab volunteers during the Mujahideen's war against this against the this is going back into the fucking nineteen seventies. But the 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 seeds of Al Qaeda that was the Arab volunteers uh, in the Mujahideen's war against the um, against the Soviet Union that that was the core of what became Al Qaeda later on, and that was Bin Laden mostly who sort of carried that out, but. The this this isn't an organization that that is this is something that a lot of foreign policy guys get wrong. These these are not stupid, disorganized people. Like like Al Qaeda is not or at least at the time, right back in the day, was not a bunch of stupid, disorganized, cave dwelling morons. This was a legitimate military unit. Like as as close as it can possibly be to one without a state, you know. And so yeah. the the idea that like the idea that that well they couldn't have put out that statement hell they could barely even write that's just not the case that's just that's just not real um but in any it case, also makes it very embarrassing for the United States military if that's if that was true yeah exactly um <laughs> but in any case uh, the, the 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 people were freaking out about it because their whole sort of worldview is based on this idea that al-qaeda just hates us for our freedom radical islam just hates us for our freedom and it can't be it can't possibly be that bin laden might have a legitimate gripe with the united states in the same way that it can't possibly be that ted kaczynski might have a legitimate gripe with modernity (laughs) you know what i mean like right yeah exactly yeah (laughs) like it's it's like why didn't uh I don't know why didn't Bin Laden bomb Switzerland or something you know <laughs> Yeah if his like, problem was was free women I mean that's kind of the yeah, yeah that's an excellent point I <laughs> Well I mean here's the thing too you think about <clears throat> and and I, and I don't mean to interrupt but but I do want to make one point how many yeah. times on this show have we said that the marxists are really good at identifying uh problems and really yeah. bad at solving them. Yes. I mean, we've, we've said yep. that on the show a few times, that, that yeah. the Marxists tend to oh, be yeah. pretty good at identifying actual issues. They're, I they're, mean, Hoppe even has a, uh, uh, a whole article, a paper, talking about what Marx got right. And he essentially says, Marx got 90% right. He just got the players wrong, uh, the names of the, the players and the team. Yeah. 
Uh, so yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. So it's the kind of thing where it's like, why, I don't see why this is so hard for people to come to this sort of understanding of just like people that you vehemently disagree with and people who have done very bad things might have actually said something correct in the past. Yes. Right. Yeah. And I know I'm leaving the door it open for like all the people to be like, well, yeah, I fucking read Mein Kampf. I know bad guys say right things. Yeah, shut up. I'm not talking about you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like a Saturday morning cartoon version of uh, like uh, right and wrong, good and bad, where it's like, well, I'm the good guy, so I have to be completely morally virtuous, virtuous and they're the bad guy, so they have to be completely morally bad in every way. Right. Uh, it's just like, you know, black and white thinking. Well, it's the same um, reason they make the arguments they do about Dresden and about the bombs. It's, it's because they, they must believe that it was right. They must believe it. Otherwise, it throws their whole fucking worldview into turmoil. Yes. Yeah. Um, Bob, uh, Bob Dylan has a, a, a song. I think I've, I've met on the show before, but it's, uh, it's titled with God on our side. And I think it's probably one of the best anti-war songs ever written. Um, and, uh, he had, there's a lyric where, uh, he says, you don't count the dead when God's on your side. Um, and it's, 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 it's a critique of like this idea of this like moral virtuosity. That's like everything we do is morally virtuous and we know it. And yep. there's no there there's no room for debate, right? Like there, there's no uh, like why would we care about these civilians that we bomb? Because we're the good guys and they're the bad guys, obviously. So like who cares, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and it's like yeah, that is a necessary belief you have to have, or else uh, your entire um, view of yourself in an existential way will come crashing down. I think I think that is genuinely why a lot of people had they have to believe that to be true it's yeah. not that they just do it's that they have to well it's also the underlying ethos of ethno-nationalist zionism <laughs> like very yeah. literally that god is on your yes, side yes, very literally. Literally. <laughs> yeah right <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh anyway yeah that's a uh that is a um that's sort of an update on Israel stuff that's going on. It's not not too much boots on the ground stuff outside of the Al Shifa thing. There's also the uh, but what, really what I thought was interesting about it was the fact that the the genocidal language is not hidden. It's not it's not under um it's it's not as if this is something that's whispered in the halls of power. This was a fucking article, dude. Yeah. Written by the former head of the National Security fucking uh of the uh what was the actual organization called? I don't want to get it wrong. Um, the uh, National Security Council. In, in fucking Israel. Senior <laughs> Research Associate at the Institute for National Security Studies. This yeah, genocidal language like, is not new. And it's not hidden. This is not some, like, random blogger in Israel. Or no! Something. This is a person with, who, is, yeah. with, with, who has wielded an extreme power and is still incredibly influential. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but let's move on to another, uh, uh another, <laughs> this I thought was actually really funny. So were you, ar- were you around on, on the website when, um, Ben Shapiro and Candace Owens were fighting? Uh, I, yeah, I saw a bit of it as it was happening. I didn't like, I just saw like a, like tweet exchanges, but nothing like too much after that. Do you remember what actually started it? Because I have a hard time remembering. I think Candace Owens had said something about. I think it had something to do with Israel support, but I think Candace Owens has said something about Ben Shapiro reading himself into scripture. Oh, maybe. Okay. I, I, I might, I might've missed. 
that maybe also uh, but can i can i say one little tangent oh yeah get absolutely um i uh, you know i i've said before like conservatives are always looking at the wrong hand and i saw an uh something that like really like was another instance of this where um a lot of like traditional right-wing conservatives are going against ben shapiro which you know i'm not opposed to but the reason that they're doing it uh i found really funny there's there's a clip going around with ben shapiro on joe rogan and Joe Rogan asked Ben Shapiro who he thought Jesus was, right? Now, Ben Shapiro is obviously a Jewish. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And a lot of people, a lot of these, like, right-wing conservatives who would consider themselves in the oh, Judeo-Christian no. evangel- evangelical camp. Oh, no. Seem to did, learn did a bunch of Christians what just discover that Jews don't think Jesus they is the They just discovered what the Jews believe. Yes, dude, I, I promise you. Uh, this was, a, like, a, I was reading some of the comments, and this was like a first time realization for them like i can't believe he didn't think that jesus was the prophet was like the son of god <laughs> i'm like yeah oh my god that's they kind of the whole reason things. that jews oh are still jews god. it's because they yeah, don't think the jesus why... was the messiah yes <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah yeah and they were like like I, there were so many getting, so many like conservatives getting mad at him. Like, and this was an old clip that just like resurfaced, and uh, they were getting mad at him for this. And like, uh, like I was a Ben Shapiro follower until I realized what he thought about Jesus. And I'm like, dude, how he's, can you? How? How? With a fucking kippa on? He fucking. How did you yeah. not know? Like, how did you not know? What did you just like? The person who first learned what it means to be Jewish. and these are the same people dude these are the same people who would be like yeah we have to defend israel we have to defend the jewish people (laughs) we have to do an episode on christian zionism we fucking have to because that is fucking insane to me dude i was like dying laughing like scrolling through like that that post it was just like back to back incredible i don't think christians understand how much jews really don't like the jesus thing like 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 because you think about it think about it in this context right it's it's their prophecy it's it's their prophecy it's their religion their their whole thing yeah Right is what gave rise to this idea of Jesus as the Messiah. He was fulfilling a Jewish prophecy. It's a Jewish religion. Right. So like this. Yeah. So so the whole idea that you take <laughs> Jews are not super appreciative of this idea of Jesus because yeah. the whole of their religion revolves around this idea of the Messiah. It's it's the core prophecy in Judaism, and you're saying it already happened. Yes. Right. <laughs> yeah. But like the reaction from it from like these the Christian evangelicals under this post, I, I was a dying laughing. Like it was the funniest thing I'd read all week. Because it was like these are the people who will often talk they'll be the first ones to call out anti Semitism if you criticize Israel and they don't even understand what it meant. Oh they don't even understand. They had no clue. That's amazing to me. I, <laughs> I, that is ama- maybe that's what we need is to get Jews to like talk about Jesus more. Maybe that right. will solve the Christian Zionist problem because like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because once the Christians understand exactly what the Jews think of Jesus, they might uh, yeah. they might cool off a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Oh my god, that is that's hilarious, dude. Yeah, and you know, I, I, for some reason in the back of my head that makes perfect sense, but it did not occur yeah, yeah. to me that so many Christians would just not understand Judaism at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, that is so funny. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, I gave you this, uh, the Candace. No, you're right. fine. That is hilarious. I'm just thinking about yeah. that now. Now, now, my now the wheels are turning. I'm, I'm legitimately. That is amazing. Okay. Um. So Shapiro and, and Candace Owens fired shots back and forth. Um. Candace Owens, of course, being a Christian. Uh, ben Shapiro being a Jew. Ben Shapiro being an extreme Zionist. Candace Owens being an American first kind of uh, conservative, which is interesting because. <clears throat> and, and I wasn't going to talk about this, but I think the Republicans have a problem because there is a massive contingent of America first conservatives who do not give a shit about Israel. They could not fucking yeah. care less. Get us the fuck, get yeah. our money out of there. If we've got people there, get them out. I don't fucking care about Israel. Get mm-hmm. us out. I, I don't want any investment in this. Um, and conservatives are going to have to contend with that. Mm-hmm. Oh, Especially yeah. as election time rolls up, if this conflict is still going on, there's going to be a real America first issue for the conservatives. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Shapiro called Owens faux sophistication. This is from Mediaite. Shapiro called Owens faux sophistication, that's in quotes, on the war between Israel and Hamas, quote, disgraceful earlier this week after Owens falsely accused the Israeli government of committing genocide in the Gaza Strip and forcing Muslims in Jerusalem to live in a ghetto. That's not false accusations, but it's Mediaite. What are you going to do? Um, Owens responded by posting a Bible verse accompanied by the caption, you cannot serve both God and money. Uh, at that point, Shapiro reminded her that she should see that she could cease taking a paycheck from the daily wire at any time. Owens then appeared on Tucker Carlson's social media show where she said there was a lot of misunderstanding about Ben's involvement after being asked if he was her boss. Uh, quote, he's not the CEO of the daily wire. He's not making day to day decisions of the daily wire. She said of Shapiro. Quote, and I do want to make it very clear because people are like, how could you possibly uh, stay at the Daily Wire after this? I have a very good relationship with the co-CEOs of the Daily Wire, especially right now. The acting CEO is Caleb Robinson. He's a wonderful person. He's worked really hard to be where he's at. We have a lot in common that we connect on. On Friday night, Jeremy Boring said that while he was on leave and could not fire Owens if he wanted to, he would not do so anyway. And here's the statement. I had a hard time finding this statement. Quote, I am currently on a leave of absence from my executive duties at, at the Daily Wire while overseas producing the Pendragon Cycle. Yeah, they're out making, making movies and shit. I'm ugh. Yeah. <laughs> in my current in my current capacity, I cannot fire Candace Owens. That's something Ben and I have in common, since he's also not an executive in the company and cannot hire or fire people. But even if we could, we would not fire <laughs> Candace because of another thing we have in common, a desire not to regulate the speech of our hosts, even when we disagree with them. Candace is paid to give her opinion, not mine or Ben's. Unless those opinions run afoul of the law or she violates the terms of her contract in some way, her job is secure and she's welcome at the Daily Wire. That was Jeremy Boring's statement on the, on the issue. Now, Jeremy Boring, I think, is a fucking grift. I don't like this guy. Oh, yeah, no. I, I think he's a fucking, I think he's a, he's a moron and kind of a dick. Um, one of the reasons I think he's a moron and kind of a dick is because he's, he's one of these guys who tries to start up anytime a company 
does anything that he considers woke. He tries to start a competing company to grift as much as he can off the conservative backlash yeah. before it all dies we're gonna, down. We're going to make the non-woke movies everyone comes. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's not just that, but it's also like he made a, he yeah. made a competing company to Dollar Shave Club because they did something woke. Oh, and he God. had a company spun up overnight, dude, to try and capitalize on it. Yeah, that's... He's he's one of those guys. I really don't like him. <laughs> but he is a uh, he. Honestly, though, I will say I like that statement. I mean, yeah, it's a good statement. Uh, I don't know if he actually believes it. Like, how how far would he go? Uh, you know, uh, maybe maybe he does. You know, maybe being harsh here. Uh, maybe he genuinely. But either way, I think it's a good statement. In abstract. Uh, I think there's a possibility Jeremy boring. I don't know. <clears throat> Is Jeremy boring? Here we go. Let me actually look. I'm I'm legitimately Is Jeremy boring. I don't know. I know. <laughs> I'm 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 legitimately, and it, but this is for a good reason. I'm doing an early life check on Jeremy boring <laughs> because I think there's a possibility uh, that Jeremy boring. Holy shit! He was born in Slayton, Texas. Holy shit! Um, that's, that, yeah, that's right outside of Lubbock. This dude grew up near where I grew up. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, so he's, he is a, uh, okay, so he was born to a Christian family. I think there's a poss. I was checking on whether or not he was Jewish, because I think there's a possibility that Jeremy Boring kind of has like a, uh, Ben's on his Jew shit, you know what I mean? Kind of mm-hmm. feeling about some of it anyway. You know what I mean? Right. I think there's a I think that's a real possibility. And so I, I think the statement could be 100 percent legit. I don't know about the at least with regard to Candace Owens on this issue in particular. You know what I mean? Yeah, because I think Jeremy Boring, there might be a bit of an underlying thing with him where he's just like, ah, fucking Ben talking about fucking Israel again. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sure. Yeah, I, like, I, uh, it's, it's a possibility he could agree with Candace on this. <laughs> yeah. You know what's uh, and and like look, I am not on anyone's side here. I, I am more opposed to Ben Shapiro, obviously. On in in this instance, uh, I hope they both. I hope both Candace and Ben Shapiro uh, death match it out. Uh, but we don't let the winner leave, right? That's the catch. We just have them. We keep them stuck there, right? That's my uh, alternate. <laughs> You're stuck death here forever. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> two two contestants enter none leave <laughs> that is my that's my motto <laughs> uh, um, uh but it, it's 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 interesting because it's like uh um i i think both of them are grifters uh oh, yeah. I, I think you know it uh it, it's one of those things i obviously uh like ben shapiro is going super hard on the uh zionism thing like it, even more than I thought possible, truly. Uh, <laughs> I thought Ben would be, honestly, I agree with you. I thought Ben would be a little more America first about it all. But he's he's legitimately full on fucking... Uh, like just foaming at the mouth. Oh, yeah. Uh, and not just yeah. acting like Israel is politically, like Israel should be allowed to do what they want militarily. Like, he's not even making those arguments. He's making arguments <laughs> that, like, Israel's Israel as a foreign policy issue is no. core to American national interest and shit. Yeah. Not, and not just that, but calling for a ceasefire is siding with Hamas. I believe yes. he said that. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, look, I remember, uh, I, I don't know if you've ever read this article. 
um, I remember with the very young Ben Shapiro, I don't, I think he was very young, like 18, 20 years old or something. He was, he was super young. Um, but I, I think like it was right after 9-11, he wrote an article where he's like, we just need to kill Arabs or something, something to that effect. Of course he did. Um, but, uh, but he was like, yeah, civilian casualties, whatever, uh, in it. Uh, it, he, he was just like very like, you know, and he, he later deleted the, he, I think he deleted the article or he apologized for it later and said that those views no longer represent who I am now. And he apologized for it, but something there's an inclination I have that I don't think he really ever let go of that feeling. He no. just needs the right motivation. I agree. <laughs> really. Uh, that's probably the case. Really. Yeah. Yeah. It reminds uh, me of the Condoleezza Rice thing. And this is a sidetrack. I'm sorry. But do, do you remember um, there was, I think it was in Bush at War, where um, Condoleezza Rice asked uh, the principals at, at, when they were talking about going into war with, with the Taliban in Afghanistan. Um, Condoleezza Rice said, why are we interested in killing Pashtuns? We should be killing Arabs. Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> like that's the, which as a, like, if you take it, it depends on how you read that because mm-hmm, it's right. a very insightful sort of thing to say, if what she's saying is we shouldn't go to war in Afghanistan, we should be getting Al Qaeda mm-hmm. or it's an incredibly racist or thing to wider, say. <laughs> or a very wider thing. Right. It's like, is she making a, like an articulate distinction here? Or is she just trying to like, we should be killing more. Exactly. More. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, I'm sorry. It just reminded me of that. That's, that's no, one of those yeah. things I think I've said on the show before. I, I, I hope that one day Condoleezza Rice is able to sit down and give an interview where she's just honest. <laughs> Where she actually says what she thinks about the whole thing. Because the, the, yeah. I don't think Condoleezza Rice supported the Gwat. I don't think she supported the Gwat, and I don't think she supported especially the war in Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think she supported the war in Iraq, either. But I, I think there's more, that one's I, a little more up in the air. Yeah. I think uh, Ben Shapiro, uh, one of the reasons, like, foaming at the mouth is I, I think he was expecting Israel to have more support. Like, I think he thought yes. that there would be more, like, backing. And I think the resistance to it now, I think that more people are saying, like, you know, because I think this is the worst PR Israel had uh, in, like, media with the, through, with the invention of, like, social media. To your like point, that. actually, <laughs> there was a leaked audio, and I don't know how legit it is, so take this with mm-hmm. a massive portion of salt. I did not verify this audio was real. Um... But supposedly there was leaked audio out of an ADL meeting where one of the guys there was saying, um, we have a massive, massive problem on TikTok. We have a huge TikTok problem. We have a massive generational problem. The support for Israel among people under the age of like 35 is nothing. They don't. They don't support Israel at all. And it's only people who are older who actually do. And he made the point. He said something like, um, you know, you see on you see on the social media sites and every he said everybody's parroting, uh, quote, Iranian propaganda. Right. But <laughs> what they're actually talking about is dead children under the rubble in uh-huh. Gaza. <laughs> right. yeah. um, it, whether that whether that clip is legit or not, I think it's true. I think I those agree. statements are Yes, that's that's one of the reasons that I do find it believable is because, number one, I believe that the ADL is smart enough to know that. And number two, I think that um, I, it's, it's true. It is real. Yeah. 
I'm sorry, you were saying I interrupted your whole train oh, no, of thought no. there. No, but I, I was just saying that I, I do think it's interesting that, and again, this could just be my bubble, right? But I'm seeing a lot more resistance to the idea that, well, we just need to help Israel. I, I'm seeing a lot more people who, and these are people who, I, uh, truthfully, usually don't even talk. I've seen some people who don't, usually don't even talk about politics or saying or speaking out and saying, uh, this is horrible what's going on right now to these civilians. Uh, you know, um, it's. I, I think that I think this is going to end up being, and I think it should be, obviously. But I think this is, might end up being like one of the biggest like uh, PR blunders. Oh uh, yeah, that Israel has ever committed since the invention of social media. I think this is going to backfire on them tremendously. Um, and it, it should. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah. What's what they're doing for? Well, Israel has a massive. I'm going to call it a propaganda problem. And that is that they Israel's propaganda works in the New York Times. It works in print. It works on FoxNews.com. Yeah. It doesn't work on TikTok. Not when you can show. Yeah, you if you see a video of a man holding his dead child, pulling them from the rubble. What amount of like PR are you going to spin to, yeah. to like remedy? What right? you what like, that what kid you, voted for Hamas what? in two thousand and six? Yeah. What the fuck do you mean? Yeah. Right. Yeah, I agree. I also found apparently that study that everyone's referencing that just like, you know, they, they, you know, is it something like, is something like 80% of Gazans support uh, Hamas? Yeah. That study that everyone's re- referencing had an N of 600. And it oh, had, a, it had nice. a, yeah, it had an N of 600. And it wow. was, I believe it was also demographically cool. limited. I'm pretty sure they, they uh, only interviewed people over a certain age. Yeah, I don't trust polls in general, uh, truthfully. And but I especially when that when what you just said when when that is the case, it's like, yeah, man, come on, yeah. come on. An N of six hundred is not an. I mean, it's not to say you can't glean anything from a study that has an N of six hundred. You can, but you have to basically you have to say, but it's an N of six hundred. So eh, like any any I mean, any skeptical. conclusion you come to has to be. Uh, but it's also an N of six hundred. So yeah. I'm probably more skeptical of like statistical analysis than most people or what people glean from statistical analysis in general than most people. Yes. But even so, even if you're well, certainly more than normal, me, certainly you're more skeptical yeah. of that kind of thing than I am. Yeah. Yeah. But I think even uh, just a, a normal person who has just a moderate amount of like skepticism to that should see that and be like, ooh, <laughs> mm. yeah. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> Speaking of, <laughs> this was kind of funny. Um, so there were two things that happened almost back to back on on the website that made me laugh. So one of them was um, there was a guy who posted a screenshot from the January 6th, one of those security cameras on January 6th, um, where a guy is walking up toward uh, there's there are police under the camera. You can't see them, but there are police there and he's walking toward them and he puts his hands out like he has nothing in his hands. And in one mm-hmm. of his hands is uh, something that this poster decided was a badge. And he said, like, this dude, this this guy who's holding his hands up is in a is in a, a you know, a make America great again cap. He's all decked out. He's got a fucking Gadsden flag on his shirt. He's all, you know, and they're trying to say he's a fed. Right. Mm-hmm. Did you see this post? Uh, no, I didn't. Yeah, he's holding up his hands, and there's there's something in his hands that they're calling that this guy said was a uh, said was a um, a, uh, a a a badge. It was a okay. it was a geek vape Aegis mod. Oh no! 
the L200 with the Arctic camo vinyl on the side. It was a fucking vape. And the like this the the tweet kind of blew up and there were a bunch of people under it that were like uh like oh my god of course it's a badge of course it's a badge we know they were all feds all this other stuff and and mm-hmm. I I quoted I I I, I quote tweeted with a uh, I quoted I just said quoted um I quote mm-hmm. tweeted with a uh, with a picture of the geek vape mod uh sir that is a geek vape Aegis L two hundred with the Arctic vinyl camo pattern. <laughs> Or with the Arctic camo vinyl pattern. It is... It's like prescriptive visualization. It's like when someone uh, says something looks like something and you've never seen it before, and then that's your first instinct because you've been primed. Yes, yes exactly. <laughs> People were primed by the actual tweet itself. And, I mean, if he had tweeted it with, like, what does this look like to you? The, the responses yeah, would have been much more reasonable. <laughs> yes. Yes. Dude, it is... It was so funny. And then there was also, um, on top of that, to, you know, give some credit to the other side, there was a guy who tweeted, um, he tweeted that uh, Speaker Johnson, okay, said, I know Speaker Johnson is but a humble servant of Christ that's a- accumulated no wealth and doesn't even have a checking account. So why is he wearing an $18,000 watch? And he posted a picture of him with this watch, and then next to it he posted a picture of the of a Rolex uh GMT Master, okay, the Batman variant. And the mm-hmm. Batman variant is a, it's actually a very cool colorway for that watch, but it has a uh, blue, dark blue, navy blue on the underside of the of the rotating bezel and the rest of it's blacked out. It's a very cool watch. Um <laughs> and uh he posted this and it turns out that the watch is actually a fossil watch. Right. <laughs> that's an homage watch to the Batman variant of the Rolex GMT, but it's not a Rolex. It's fossil and it costs about a hundred dollars. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so there's been, I don't on know. Both I forget sides... the name of the painting. I, I forget the name of the painting and I should know it, but I am, um, uh, cause I, I, I actually work a lot, but I don't know if you've ever seen the painting. Um, it's, it's an abstract, um, kind of absurdist painting where, um, nothing, everything is out of place. There's not a single identifiable object in the painting, but uh-huh. if you like squint your eyes, you can, your mind sort of forms things into things that look recognizable. But when you look at any individual thing, you can't recognize it. Twitter is just that. Yes. Like that, the whole thing is just that. Everybody's just people... posting blurry photos of shit <laughs> yes. and saying, it's this. And it's like, no, it's not. Yeah. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, it, it this was the uh, this was the thing to it, and I, I I took the opportunity to say you realize everybody on the internet needs to know this. This is important for everyone who spends any time on the internet to understand. If you have a blurry photo of something you want to identify, okay, <laughs> somewhere out there on the internet, through the very black rectangle you're you're staring at. Is someone mm-hmm. whose autistic special interest is exactly that thing you have a blurry photo yes. of? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. And they would be happy to help you identify it. Yeah. <laughs> so take yeah. advantage of the fact that you are on a website that is perhaps the greatest collection of autists ever put together. <laughs> Outside of 4chan, maybe. 
and and yeah. ask people to identify the thing. Don't just say this yeah. is a Rolex, and it's like, no, it's fucking not, you idiot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> I I found the picture. Uh, that's what I was referencing. I posted it. It's like that. It's like I can't believe. They did this, and it's just an indiscernible thing. <laughs> oh just, God, you're right though. There's nothing right about that picture, but if you squint, no, it no, turns into stuff. And, yeah, yeah, your mind forms it into stuff. Like if you just pick one thing out, but it, it's all just gibber, like visual gibberish, right? Uh, oh, that's, uh, that's actually a great way to describe it as visual gibber, gibberish. Yeah, hundred yeah. <laughs> percent. Um, but yeah, it, it's 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 like that where it's like yeah, people will just like pick anything out and say I can't believe it's this thing, and then other people will be like, wow, I can't believe you're right, it's this thing. <laughs> it's, just not. it's not at all. You're making it. This is how yeah. you form a fake reality. Yes, is you is yeah. you take a blurry picture and you say yeah. this is what it is, and you get enough people believing yeah. it, and now you have you you have you have a fake reality. There you go. Right. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That badge, that badge is definitely not just a vape mod. It's definitely a badge. And that watch is not a hundred dollar fossil. It's definitely an $18,000 Rolex. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Man, that was just, I thought that was two, two very funny things that happened almost back to back from both sides. It was actually kind of perfect the way it's that like, it came down. Right. It's like those people who like say, wow, I can't believe there's a swastika on the ground. And it's just like chalk of like a cross, like an X, but it has a bit of like, it, <laughs> people have done that. There's a little bit too many lines. Dude, there. the NASCAR so news. Oh, oh yeah. The NASCAR, the NASCAR <laughs> news saga. Where somebody supposedly, yeah, yeah. what had happened, if you don't remember people listening, if, if somebody had supposedly hung a noose in, in the garage of a, of a black NASCAR driver um, in his garage at the track, somebody had supposedly uh, hung up a noose, like as a signal yeah. of how racist they were. It was the pull rope for the right. garage door that somebody had tied a loop on the end of to make it easier to grab. <laughs> but everybody called problem- it a noose. Uh- one of the problems of like always looking into the abyss is not just that you yourself will become a monster. Uh, it's also that you will see the abyss everywhere. <laughs> you look <laughs> when you turn around, like it's there. Oh my god, it's following me! It's all it's abyss, always has I'm... been. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh man. Oh, it just made me. It just made me laugh that those two things happened back to back, dude. Back to back. Yeah. It's like everything is the butterfly meme. Uh, you know, the guy with the butterfly is this. <laughs> is this a badge? Is this exactly what I want it to be? Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. Did you have anything else that you were wanting to bring up? No, I'm good. All right. Um, okay, how do you feel about getting the plugs then? Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter, Ace underscore Arcus. You can find me on Blue Sky, aceArcus.bsky.social, and my subsec is aceArcus.subsec.com. And Pacing Joska, J-O-U-S-K-A, on Twitter, uh, also PacingJoska.bsky.social, and uh, the show, T-E-T-C.show on Blue Sky, 
TETC show on Twitter. And that is that. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Later, guys. Peace. Thank you for listening to another episode of The End Times Continue. For links and other information, come see us at TETC.show.